Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brouse here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. Shabbat Shalom. A few places capture the dreams and aspirations of the Jewish people, like the Kotel, uh, the Western Wall in the old city of Jerusalem. And it's also a complicated place, entangled in many of the issues that pull at the seams of Israeli society and Jewish peoplehood. And yet the Kotel is significant and beloved by so many Jews worldwide, and for lots of reasons. It's, it's geography, it's a symbol of perseverance, for me, the significance of the Kotel is found in the deluge of prayers offered there every day. It's a home to heartbreak, a haven for hope. Tucked into every reachable crack of the Kotel is a rolled up note containing the individual prayers of so many people. Now, if I could switch jobs with any rabbi for a day, um, which is maybe a weird thing to say two weeks into this job, but if I, if I could switch jobs for one day, it would be Rabbi Shmuel Rabinowitz. Rabbi Rabinowitz is responsible for keeping an eye on the cracks of the Kotel. And his job is to clear notes when the cracks are full so that there's more space for more notes to be added. So why do I want his job? I want his job so I could do away with his job. And here's my idea. Instead of one person clearing the notes, when the time came to make space for more notes, I'd invite people to make a pilgrimage to the Kotel, once a month. Each person would remove one note, someone else's prayer, and carry it with them over the course of the next month. And at the end of the month, you could decide, are you going to continue holding that prayer? Or are you going to pick a new note and return that note to the Kotel? And I'd make this change because sometimes we need to know that someone else is holding us by carrying our prayers with them. And sometimes we can learn to grow beyond our self-centeredness by bringing someone else's prayer into our orbit. I learned this lesson in the waiting room of an urgent care. Five days prior, our son Matan was born with a serious blood disorder, and he was transferred to the NICU of Children's Hospital. And for five days, I barely slept and inevitably came down with a cold. And if you have any symptoms, you can't be in the NICU. So I went to an urgent care to get it checked out. And as I'm sitting there for about 20 minutes, an older woman in the urgent care looks at me and says, do you speak Farsi? I, I said, no. She said, good, good. I don't, I don't want you to be able to understand what me and this other lady have been gossiping about for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, not really in the mood for this. And then she shifted. She said, would you pray for someone? 
Sure. His name is David Chaim Ben Lea. He's my sister's son. He's 28 years old. And he's paralyzed from the legs down, and we have no idea why. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Let me write down his name. Another five minutes go by, and cl clearly she's reading my affect. And she says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you sad. And I said, it's okay. Um, and I asked myself, do I, do I want to say this out loud right now? And then I said it. I said, well, you know, actually our son is five days old. He's in the NICU. And I'm scared. And I started to cry. And she tells me that she'll pray for him and blesses me that God look out for him. Now, I have to admit, my first reaction when she made this request of me was not gracious. I couldn't think beyond the NICU. But adding David Chaim Ben Leah's name to my prayers, even while sitting at Children's Hospital, was remarkably powerful. It didn't diminish my prayers for Matan, it enhanced them. It's not actually about the cracks in the Kotel. It's about cracking open our hearts. We do that by sharing our tsuris, our grief, our hopes with each other, by admitting that we don't have it all figured out, by saying, I need you. And we crack open our hearts when we make room for someone else's prayers. When we seek to more fully integrate someone else's challenges into our own hopes and dreams, to pray this way, it means knowing who's next to you and what they truly need. And that's why our tradition asks that we pray in the first person plural. We is not some dissolved individuality. It's inclusive. It's me and you and you and you and you. Intertwined in our prayers. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik actor, neuroscientist, Ikar member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? Please consider donating to Ikar so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ikar-la.org and give today.